Hi, everyone. Just before we get going, I want to remind you that everything we talk about and discuss should not be considered as investment advice. The purpose of what we talk about on Catherine Murray Media and Markets on YouTube, as well as Catherine Murray in conversation with on my podcast, should be viewed as informational and entertainment purposes only. Please definitely do your own research, your own homework, and definitely consult an investment professional before making any investment decisions. And also to note, some of us might hold positions in some of the stocks uh, that we discuss. Um, Joel, great to see you and, uh, and and get your perspective as always in terms of what the heck is going on in technology, tech stocks, et cetera, as a tech trader for Wedbush Securities. So um, thanks so much for joining us and and do feel free to turn around and do what you need to do with the screens. No, no, no it's just my wife calling. I don't, I don't oh, okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> Even more important. Um, but, you know, you and I just were chit-chatting a little bit before we started. And, um, you know, we almost have to remember it's still 2021 yep. and everything that occurred in the market year to date, we're almost forgetting about a little bit in terms of Archegos and uh, and the Reddit finanza or whatever it is. <laughs> um, talk to us about, like, because that's what you brought up to me. And I think it's really important for us to remember where we were and where we're at. Yeah, I mean, here, here we are, you know, we're, we're middle of October and uh, earnings seasons, you know, obviously kicked off last week with the, the, the banks. And then for me, you know, tech really starts tonight with Netflix here in the U.S. But it's been a it's been an exhausting year for many. And, uh, you know, like you said, we had, we had the Reddit fiasco really kind of kicked off last late, you know, last January. And then and then, you know, the next kind of, you know, big kind of black swan event was was Billy Wang and the Archegos blow up, which really impacted how hedge funds are using leverage and, and what leverage they were, you know, able to secure. And I think that the, the negative fallout from the, the Reddit fiasco has been just, especially with the long short, you know, hedge fund community guys haven't been able to, to really go, you know, be that, have that high conviction on the, in the short book. Um, and, and typically hedge fund managers, this is where they, they generate their most alphas on the short side. Um, and and they, they able to differentiate themselves, but with all the, you know, the, the, the Reddit boards going, you know, Wall Street bets kind of going bananas, you know, every other day, just, you know, that's been a, a huge impact in how guys run money. Um, it's impacted alpha generation, you know, incredibly. Um, and then, and then obviously then you have the year where kind of the narrative, you know, I think late spring we had the, you know, people were, were focused on the reopening and we kind of call that big, the big rotation into value and the cyclicals and out of growth. And obviously tech went through that period and in April and May, we're really underperformed the market. And then kind of once July came around, boom, you know, you saw tech come back when Delta started to pick up more steam. Um, and, and the reopenings trade's been very choppy to say the least. And, and but I think, you know, with that said, there's still, we're heading in the right direction in terms of uh, vaccination numbers slowly but surely and, and, and businesses are reopening. We are returning to more normal, but you know, I, I think at a more slower pace, especially business travel. Um, and then, you know, kind of also throw in the middle of that when it comes to global investing, you know, Beijing and in, in really started the regulatory assault in early January. And it spanned from, you know, not just you know, ride sharing to food delivery to Internet platforms to you know, video game stocks um, to energy crackdown, uh, education, online education learning. And, and clearly Beijing's trying to figure out how to promote growth. 
Um, there's been a big push to kind of, for people to have more, you know, increase their birth rates as well, to try to prop up growth metrics as well, which have been sluggish over the past few years. So it seems like, I think their, their head's actually in the right place with some of the tech crackdowns. Uh, but again, that's been another wrench um, just kind of thrown into this, to the entire year, which has been, it's, it's been crazy. And it feels like right now it's like, things are actually pretty calm. Um, you know, tech had a little bit of wobble in, in, in September, early October, which it, you know, that's a, a weaker from a seasonality point of view. Market tends to underperform in that time frame, and and now here we are. I mean, if you look at some some, I think Goldman has a really good historical you know chart going back to 1985, where it looks at seasonality, and, and it you know we get a little bit of wobble here in September and October, and it's usually just you know up and to the right into year end. So we're we're on that that track right now. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been in, in, in yields. There's still an upward bias with yields, so th- throwing we'll get more more kind of uh, details on on tapering and, and kind of you know policy rate hikes. Um, which again, I think the market's now telling you is that yeah, the, the Fed's told us very transparently they're going to taper, um, but but it's going to be easing monetary policy is going to happen at a very glacial pace. Nothing's going to catch anything anyone off guard, and, and hence why guys are just a lot more a lot more kind of prepared for it. And, you know, I think Bank of America had their fund manager survey out this morning. I've only glanced at it, but, you know, cash balance is still a relatively high. So I think that's what we're seeing right now in the market, just, you know, inflows back into equities and, you know, the, the whole old argument, Tina, you know, there is no alternative investment. And right now that's equities. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that that's been, you know, what we've been talking about now for years and years and years. And of course, with, uh, you know, the U.S. Fed policy, that being the central banker that's really driving you know, yields around the world, uh, or at least the ones that we care about in terms of how it affects equity markets, that, um, that you know, we're, we're back looking at, you know, continuing to invest in equities. And of course, it's always, you know, where and, yep. and recognizing that valuations have certainly run up, um, which makes it maybe a little bit more challenging in terms of, you know, really you have to be a great stock picker, I think, yeah. uh, today and also over the past year to two years. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's been like even a, you know a headline, a headline hit Bloomberg yesterday, and I just kind of laugh. It's kind of like Microsoft hits all time highs. And so, yeah, I saw that. You know, from an investing point of view, you can really keep it simple. You, you really don't need to find. You know, you don't need to go out and try to find the next Zoom. You know, what's that stock that's going to go up ten times? That's probably unrealistic. Um, but now with kind of some of the lower quality junk that's been been kind of pushed aside. You know, I look at any SPAC that's come out over the past six months, and funny enough. I think I want to say in January or February, what marked the top of the SPAC boom was essentially A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez launching his slam SPAC. So if you want irony, there it is. That's when the bubble officially burst. Um, really? And you're, you're a huge baseball fan too. Not A-Rod so, though. Not, not A-Rod though. Not A-Rod. Okay. <laughs> Everything but. <laughs> okay. So that's why you picked that one. I That was interesting. But it was kind of, it's, I mean, it, that obviously was, that was, you know, it, like all these kind of signs of bubbles we had in the market, whether it was, you know, like again, Reddit, Wall Street bets and, and, and the SPAC land, those things have kind of all imploded and you're really not seeing the appetite come back to those um, mm. pockets of the market. And you're seeing money, you know, again, as you said, it's become a very stock pickers market over the past several months. And, and I, I think like, you know, Apple, you have a little bit of a hiccup of late at 10, you know, I think about a 15% correction. Well, history has told us, if Apple pulled back 50%, you want to be buying it. I mean, their yeah. balance is still, you know, you know, rock solid. And, and it's still, you know, another product event yesterday just kind of shows the the breadth and, and power of the product cycle that they're currently in heading into 22. Um, and whether or not they, they did cut their, their their iPhone units by 10 million for Q4 this year, that demand is going to be there 
in Q1 of next year. Like no one, if you can't get an iPhone 13, say on, on, on December 1st, you're not going to go buy an Android handset. And that's right. kind of give them just creating the, the, the ecosystem, which is so sticky. And then, and then obviously all the, the layers they've been able to add via services. So um, yeah, I mean, it's been a great year and uh, you know, you're still seeing the digital transformation theme playing out within tech cloud and security spending uh, checks just continue to grind higher as well. Um, and then with the, like, even within the semi space, you know, you don't need to, you can avoid the names to expose to the more choppy industrial automotive end markets and, and, and avoid. Which would be, yeah, which would be, let's just remind. Um, like Texas Instruments or on Semiconductor NXPI and then on memory, like kind of Western Digital Micron, you know, you don't need to, you know, avoid those pockets, but stick to names that continue to work like advanced micro devices, you know, AMD, the stock, this thing was $2.00 only a few short years ago. It's now you know, north of 115. And uh, they have probably the best CEO, one of the best CEOs in the chip space and Lisa Sue, but they've, okay. simply, you know, it's a market share gain. They're continuing to gain market share at the expense of Intel. And they're well ahead in terms of leading edge technology. And, uh, and and that's a very simple story. Another thing like Marvell, you know, just a play on, on cloud momentum and 5G build out. So. You know, you, you don't, need be, don't need to be a rocket scientist to make money. Now, there's other things like when to, when you want to get involved in the Chinese, some of these Chinese internets that have been really bombed out. You know, that that obviously takes a you know a little bit more in depth fundamental work, and, and you need timing on your side as well. But there's still some opportunities out there. In, in, in yeah, the yeah. So um, let's let's pick up on a couple things there. I think that there's probably a lot of viewers who own Apple and. Um, you know, when I see the stock weekend, I mean, I don't worry about it. Um, I don't try to trade around Apple at all. Um, but, but let's just kind of review. And, and even going back a number of months ago, I was hearing, I think it was through your, your morning notes, that, that, um, that the demand, uh, that the uh, chip demand was looking very strong, I thought, for Apple, correct? Yeah, I mean, there's, and, and, and the good thing about Apple as well, um, they are the number one, you know, consumer of silicon content. So they are they are the number one customer for hundreds of, of chip companies. So when they need supply, they tend to they tend to get it. they, and that's why I think that the latest the 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 you know the, the headlines have, which hit last Monday night that they're cutting production because of some supply chain issues and and it's more of a timing issue more than anything. There's just a couple suppliers I think are having some issues. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they are still going to get what they want. I think the bigger issue for Apple to keep an eye on is, is the Epic ruling, Epic Apple ruling that we got back on September 10th. And if you look at tech, that's when tech really started to wobble as well. Apple specifically, um, Apple had done a lot of heavy lifting coming out of the summer, propping up, you know, the NASDAQ. And so essentially now with, with this, now we're probably years away from any sort of implementation, but what that ruling says is that Apple need, is, needs to allow mobile app developers, uh, they, can, they can implement their own payment systems. And so if you're playing a video game on say a Zynga game, you can click on a link and go through Zynga's payment process versus the app, app, Apple store or, app, or, Apple or whatever, whatever it's called, sorry. So that's kind of that could potentially impact their the, the one big obviously part of the growth story on the services side, just change any impact to economics for for Apple Store. So that's something to keep an eye on for the story longer term. But I think that's still being pushed out a little bit. Um, I think guys got overly pessimistic on that. 
Yeah, so let me ask you, like from the hedge fund community, for our, our viewers to understand, you're an institutional technology trader, you're, and your clients are, you know, big hedge funds um, specializing in tech, so and and mutual funds. So, um, what what's their view? What's the street's view? Or what's the smartest guys in the room view on on that aspect of Apple or or Apple overall? Well, guys got it wrong initially. So the you know, the ruling came out on September 10th, and, and everyone just started buying all the, the big mobile plays that were going to benefit from these, these change in economics, right? Because essentially, they would no longer have to pay that 30% fee to Apple for transactions within their, within their apps. Um, but then I think kind of as the weekend kind of digested, people read more about it. There's was, was, was going to be a longer process. A, they had to implement it. And two, like if you are playing a game on your iPhone, and would you rather just click a button right there and, and whatever you want to upgrade a, we a weapon or whatever? I, I don't play games, so I don't... <laughs> That, but I know there's a ton of obviously gazillions of people who do. Um, do you want to just pay through Apple, which obviously is, it's a lot easier, and and or do you want to click on another link that takes you to another site and you have to leave the game? Yeah. So it's still not that, and and it's so like names like Match.com is, but the dating apps are a potential big winner from this. But again, it feels like this is years away from being a real thing. I think on that trend, you want to look at a stock like Unity. So the ticker there is you. I didn't. I, you know, I haven't actually talked about it. In, I feel like in a little bit of while. So Unity essentially builds apps. They work with developers, and they can actually implement these monetization tools. Mm. Okay. Uh, you take. So sorry. Are you no. good? That's okay. Yeah, all good. Okay. So that's kind of. You know what? So with that your initial question: Do institutional investors care? They do, but right now. No. Um, okay. So that's kind of, they put it back on the back burner. Again, like they shrugged off the supply chain issues for Apple because it's not a demand, it's a timing issue. Not a, it's not demand destruction that's being seen. That would be a lot bigger, bigger worry for people. Got it. Um, and, and so, you know, we talked a little bit about um, maybe avoiding some of the um, at-home names. I mean, they haven't been acting very well. The Zooms and the Pelotons of the world. What's, what's the latest there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, God, I mean, it's going to be interesting. That's what I'm looking forward to most in the next few weeks. Um, you know, last earnings season, back in July and early August, you had one pandemic winner after another come out and confess. I mean, they're struggling from, you know, fading, fading tailwinds, difficult growth comps, and it's really that simple. And they don't, and, and the growth, they're seeing slowing or, or no growth. Um, and so a name like Zoom, where it's obviously been probably arguably one of the best stories in the market over the past, you know, not, well, not 18 months, sorry, back in 2020. Um, well, now, you know, their, their daily active user download, da daily active users and download data peaked last September. Um, yeah. You know, education was a big tailwind for that story. So, so, so that obviously was moderating significantly and, and, and a bigger problem for a company like Zoom Pre-pandemic, only about I think 20% of their customers were small businesses. That number is now crept up to 40%, meaning the churn is going to be very elevated. It's going to be very hard to predict, um, which again is going to impact multiple the, the multiple people are willing to pay for it. If, if you have a key growth metric that you just can't really predict with any sort of you know accuracy, you just not yeah. warrant that type of type of uh, that type of multiple. And so that's been some of the. And then on top of for Zoom, you know, Microsoft continues to ramp up their efforts with their Teams product. Um, and, and it's it's funny. I think the CEO of Slack not that long ago he said that his number one goal was essentially to to, to kill Zoom. Uh, uh -huh. so that's, oh, 
So competition's deep, you know, coming from deep pocketed, you know, you know, opponents, and uh, and then a name like Peloton, they've had supply chain issues. They've already announced, you know, pricing cuts because they want to go after a lower, lower kind of demographic, and that kind of screams that they're 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 facing severe issues on the demand front, right? Like, if 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 you buy a bike last year, you know, they're they're you don't. What's the next time you need it? buy another bike five years maybe if not even you'd hope even longer than that and obviously yeah. banking on the subscription services but, but demand people want to do other stuff right they don't want to sit in their their home gym or their garage and ride on a bicycle um with kids screaming you know 20 feet away whatever it may be so <laughs> that's, and even on the hardware side um you know video game video game stocks have really flatlined in 2021 people haven't made any money off those stocks again it's i think it's 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 that's why the, the past six months in my opinion have been great because you could look at the Zooms, the Pelotons, some of the video game stocks. Yeah, but like a normal person, we're moving out of COVID, we're turning to normal. These companies yeah. that greatly should, these stocks should not work. And people should be looking for other opportunities that are going to see, you know, see better growth, uh, you know, growth tailwinds, at least in the, in the, near, in the near term. So, um, you know, the gaming headsets, whether it's Logitech, Corsair. So you're really seeing, you know, at, you know a lot of e-commerce names have kind of, uh, have, you know, showed signs of slowdown as well. So I think it's been a, you know, you want to avoid those type of stocks for at least yeah. another one or two quarters. And um, well, I wonder why only one or two quarters, it seems as though, you know, a lot of these valuations have been high. So, you know, depending on what actually happens with COVID, if there's COVID 4.0 or whatever it is going to be, hopefully not, um, maybe they come back in favor, but the valuations are still stretched on most of them, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. They're not, they're not cheap. And especially if, if, if growth is heading in the wrong direction, you know, no yeah. decelerating growth. And, and, and so we still probably have another one or two quarters of, of difficult growth, you know, growth cons for a lot of these companies. Okay. Um, and it's interesting as well, when, you know, when you kind of talk about those names in that fashion, um, it's, it's almost, you, these are your words, but you're, you said that the, the market is actually making more sense right now. Yeah, I think so. And in, uh, you know, I was talking to a large mutual fund client of mine today and, you know, looking at, at some of the, the data from the prime brokerage. So, you know, like I think it was maybe Goldman or one, one of the big boys. And, uh, you know, the, the FANG stocks are actually, they're relative underweight versus the benchmark for a lot of these big funds. So that's why, you know, like I said, you see that headline, Microsoft all-time highs. You know, Facebook has been a big laggard for right reasons, right? We, we, know, we know their platforms are toxic. We know Zuckerberg. We hope it all goes away. But with that, that said, like, you know, then you have a Facebook executive coming out saying there's their holiday season's already fully booked with, in terms of advertising demand is huge. So there's still a beneficiary of the, the huge, huge hockey stick recovery in digital advertising. Um, and its stock has become cheap as chips. I mean, I think versus Alphabet, it's the, it's the cheapest it's been since its IPO. Really? 2011 or 12 or so, or so. I think 2012, I think is when they came out. Yeah. So it's... Wow. You're seeing, you're seeing Alphabet the past two days is starting to outperform, and I'd be looking to buy that name now and into the earnings because I don't think they're not going to disappoint. Google or Facebook? Oh, Facebook rather. Facebook. Buy Facebook into their earnings? I mean, I'd be buying them all to, to some degree. Netflix probably scares me the most amongst the large cap growth names just because of what the stock has done over the past you know six weeks or so. Mm -hmm. um, I think the move's been justified um, for, for you know, for, for various reasons, but um, yeah, I think the Fang just positioning it. Nothing really feels extremely overweight. Tech isn't you know it's, you know dangerously crowded. We've been there before, 
where you yeah. see wobble and usually you can point to positioning where everyone's back all in and and that tends to obviously lead to the to, to pretty nasty unwinds in the near term um but yeah right now things positioning feels pretty clean especially with some of these these larger stories where um you know there's still probably you can you can generate some alpha in a year end in a, in a facebook i think alphabet still has room to go it's been the big year today outperforming the group um, after not having done after having been an underperformer yeah, exactly, exactly. But now they, yeah. you know, they have not not just obviously, you know, searches firing on all cylinders, digital advertising. YouTube is probably one of the best short video platforms out there, um, and they're also they really really focus on 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 ramping up their cloud business this year. Uh, late last year, they finally they 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 started to give us more and more metrics in terms of their cloud business. So that allows the you know the both buy and sell side to apply you know. You know valuation valuations to these the different components of the business, and you're like, oh, this, this stock's actually st was cheap coming into this year, hence the the seventy percent move or so. Yeah. With, the with, with face, with face. So it's interesting though because when we take a look at the fang names that have you know floundered a little bit over the past uh, number of months versus the rest of the market, and in part because of a somewhat of a taper tantrum or rates ten U.S. ten year yield moving higher compressing yep. valuations for the tech stocks. Um, now that's kind of like leveled out a little bit here. You did see a, an unwind from the big money managers. Um, and, you know, you have to think about the FANG stocks and wonder if that's not the most obvious place to invest between now, October the whatever it is, 19th uh, or so, and, and year end. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, it's and for all your viewers to aware, it's going to be an interesting year. And I think I don't I don't know the date, so I apologize. But I believe it, at some point in November, we should get a lot more color from Powell. I think whatever whenever the meeting is in November, that's where we're going to get more color on the timeline for tapering. Um, and, and that's obviously going to be huge. And then, uh, you, you know, you know, government funding set to expire on December 4th. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, possible action on a, reconcili a reconciliation and bill coming out of D.C. as well. And then we may have a, a Joe Biden, you know, G virtual summit that is, uh, you know, I think slated for, for at some point in December as well. So, you know, that's the kind of things that our people radar. So the, the back half, not back half, God, the, the, the last six weeks of the year with it not being an election year could be very interesting with some fireworks. So, I mean, if something were to change. I mean, whatever I say today, throw it out the window, because um, it could it could be a pretty volatile year end versus uh, our, your, your historical standards. Hmm. I don't know, but I, I I don't know that I would expect too much negative reaction to any of those items you mentioned because we've seen all of them before, essentially, other than Biden. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just your, a, a monkey trader, and I'm aware of them, right? So, what are the smart Mike guys running money? Like that's the, and that's what where Jerome Powell's just been an absolute rock star. His transparency. Yeah, I mean, there was some, there were some struggles back. I think I remember. I, was, I think I was on your show in December 2018, and like I want to say December 20th. And I think December 24th marked the bottom, and there was yeah. this. He, they were starting to raise rates a little bit too quickly than people wanted, and then and then obviously since then he's been like you know a deer in the headlights, scared of his own shadow, and I think that's obviously working in the in in the market's favor. So you're probably right in in the sense. But if we do get volatile in the year end, you do know why. There, there are some big kind of events on the calendar, but you're right. I mean, everyone's fully aware of them. So, and, and that's the thing about this market, it tends to price in things um, well ahead of uh, well ahead of time. Yeah. So, so if we think that there's some opportunity in some of the tech stocks, Facebook's cheap. AMD's got one of the best CEOs, according to you. 
Um, Netflix is also a great long idea, but the stock has run pretty far. Yep. But you still like it, right? I mean, I think I think Netflix. I mean, here's a stock they actually missed on their guidance back in July, and the, and the stock kind of wobbled a little bit, and and, and then it bottomed. Uh, I want to early early to mid August, and people really just kind of then turned just turning kind of the, the robust second half slate. So, I mean, I mean, there's just so much content on their pipeline. Um, they've always had a huge hit out of nowhere with Squid Game, but to me, I look at things like Seinfeld coming to the platform October first. That's going to help. Lo- that's going to keep churn low, which is obviously a big concern amongst, uh, you know, or sorry, big talking point. Sorry, more of the bears, right? That churn's going to be elevated with all these different platforms, but I, people aren't going to be just dropping and and, and and adding Netflix at will. It, it is the gold factor right now to to, to have on, on, on within your subscription service. Um, yeah. But then you have, you know, they have another Witcher series coming out, Ozark, I think season four, uh, Stranger Things is coming out with a season four this year. We're getting, you know, nar- a new Narcos is coming out. Uh, Narcos Mexico is coming out in December. Um, I'm drawing a blank, but there's another big series coming out in, in November, December of this year as well. So, I mean, it just, they are just, they're having a lot of success with their non-English program, program, uh, programming. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned Squid Game, um, but then, you, you know, they had, you know, Money Heist came out recently as well. So, and, and then I think if you listen to some of their competitors when they're at the Goldman conference just about a month ago, the Goldman uh, Communicopia, you had Disney talking down their streaming subscri- sub ads, Comcast was talking down their Peacock ads, but not Netflix. Oh. So I think it's very telling that, that the other platforms are facing a lot more disruption, elevated churn than Netflix is. And, and I think that just kind of speaks to their, 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 their library and their kind of their, their, their ability to kind of continue to pump out content. Um, and now that they're focused, they've been focusing on non-English programs and content for years now, and that's a lot less cheaper to produce as well. So now that they implement in the U.S., I mean, everyone's heard by now, like Squid Game, I think only cost them $21 million. Wow. I just started last night. Oh, I, I, I've heard mixed things. I, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet, but I, I I'm, I, you know, eventually I'll get around to it. Yeah. Now they're putting on a value of somewhere 900 million is what the article put a value for Netflix at. I mean, that's who knows where, where they came up with that number, but even if it's half of that for the $21 million price tag, it's, it's staggering. So yeah. It's a more ammo to kind of continue to, to, to generate and produce and, and kind of acquire more content to kind of continue to feed the machine. So Netflix is a story, I think, and then also they're making they're, they're making a big push into gaming as well. They bought a small studio about a month, month and a half ago. Now, no, no studio you've, you've ever heard of, but I think it's just it just shows that they they want to stay as relevant as possible to Gen Z to generate uh, Gen Zers, and that you know from the gaming front. You know, Joel, do we ever really hear from Netflix's CEO? Like when I think back. You know, of all the television interviews, um, you know, some of the U.S. players that I watch, I don't really ever see him on a lot. What do we know? That's a good point. I mean, it's funny. It's been a while. Um, He doesn't really make CFO kind of gains a lot. You know, you don't hear from Reed Hastings all that often. Um, I know what he's, he's been aware of now for years when Fortnite really took off, you know, the video game Fortnite back in 2018. He said flat out, our number one competition is Fortnite. He didn't mention Disney. He didn't mention you know any of the cable, you know HBO, 
He said Fortnite. And so that's why I think it's it's interesting where, okay, they finally made an acquisition in, in the gaming side of things. And, yeah. and so surely they can kind of start to build their, their content and library on that front as well. And just, mm-hmm. you know, another another part of the story, they, you know, ability to raise pricing. So it supports the pricing power and kind of just can use the boost kind of engagement and, and user uh, metrics. Where, where's the valuation on Netflix versus historical? I mean, I, I'm sure you don't have the numbers exactly right in front of you, but just like from a, wh- it's where not, are we? It's not mm-hmm. great. I don't have it in front of me, so I wouldn't even want to spin something and, okay. and be wrong. And, and I'm not that, okay. I, don't want, I, don't want, I don't want to throw anything <laughs> off. It's not, it's, not, it's not crazy though at all. It's, uh, okay. it's, it's kind of in line with some of the other, you know, the Disney's of the world. And it's, 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 it's nothing you know, stratospheric. Speaking of which, Disney did get a downgrade yesterday, um, concerns on their streaming platform. You just mentioned it briefly as it relates to, um, you know, the, the digital ads um, that they, they're decreasing their expectations for. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, Bar- I think Barclays had the downgrade and a, f- a few other guys were kind of, I know Disney, when they when they did speak at the Goldman Conference, they kind of, yeah, they, they talked down their street. I mean, so again, this downgrade could have probably been made a month ago. Um, yeah. But, you know, you know, they're talking down, you know, they're, they're, they're running into production issues. And that was a big, a big part of the Disney story coming into 2021. I think at an event that they held last December, they really highlighted their pipeline of, of Star Wars content that was coming in, in Marvel series as well. So that's probably going to be pushed out a little bit. You know, they're, they're, their movie slate's been pushed out. Um, you know, Black Panther, some of their new, I think some of the new, all of the new Marvel stories, Indiana Jones movie, I think is not until 2023 now. So they're, they're they just announced they're, they're pushing out the entire movie slate as well. So that's obviously just pushing the can down the store. I think longer term Disney's fine. Um, yeah. If you have young kids, I mean, there's just, it's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. And any- also, of course, yeah, and, and the parks, the reopening of the parks and the cruise lines, et cetera, at some point. That's that's a lot of um, tailwind for sure. Um, but let, let me just ask as well, as we kind of just have maybe five minutes left or so in terms of other ideas. Um, we talked briefly about China and Chinese tech. I, I personally own some and I've stayed with it. You know, I'm not trading that either. <laughs> You're the trader. But um, but what, what do we think about, you know, you can even own just the ETF KWEB, you can own Tencent, you can own Alibaba. Uh, what's the feeling and sentiment around some of those names? I mean, right now, I mean, because buying an ETS is probably the, the probably one of the more intelligent things to do. You're obviously then you're not kind of uh, you know at, at the mercy of a single headline coming out and just kneecapping your company. I mean, granted, they could come out and just chop off an whole industry. What you know what they were doing over the course of the summer. Um, so KWeb's a way to play the Chinese internet. But you know we've talked Tencent. You know, God, I think for years, and 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 that you know it does trade on. It's a pink sheet. T C E H Y. Um, the stocks are cheap. Alibaba's screening is very cheap and. And, and I think you look at Alibaba from a technical point of view, it held 150 like a, a champ. And we saw, you know, guys, you know, really long, long only money starting to dip back, you know, put money to work back in some of these, these names that have been so beaten up. So Alibaba, I think right now is trading on 170, 175 ish. And it feels like an upgrade and this thing's north of 200 bucks. I mean, this thing was $300 before wow. the IPO debacle last November, uh, Baidu. Um, there were some headlines yesterday that um, uh, Tencent and and, uh, and 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 ByteDance are going to have to open up their content to the search engines, which benefits Baidu, who's the, the Google of China essentially. So that stock looks very interesting, and they're obviously doing a lot of things in the EV front as well. Um, and and so those are probably my three favorite: would be Baidu, 
Alibaba and then Tencent. Tencent's obviously, you know, they're, they're huge on the on the platform side of things with WeChat. And then they're just a, a global behemoth in terms of video games. Um, and they, they've announced a bunch of more acquisitions this year and, and on, the, on the gaming front as well. Um, but those are, to me, probably the three most interesting stories um, that, that come to mind. Um, okay. That, and, again, yeah, go ahead. If you're, if you're going to put XYZ, like, just to say, you know, 50 grand towards, you know, Chinese internet, you know, going a third, a third, a third on, on those three names, that's, that's probably a, a more a smarter strategy, at least mm -hmm. in terms to see where we are in the regulatory cycle. To me, it feels like we're in the, the top or bottom of the eighth inning. And I think I think if you look at the recent data. I think Beijing starting to realize, you know, growth is is being negatively impacted by some of these policies. I think they had to do it. And I, honestly, I, I wish that you know U.S. would come out and, and start kind of cracking down on some of these these social media platforms. Um, but yeah, it's it's they're trying to promote their growth, trying to promote birth rates. That's kind of their motivation. And kind of obviously, you know, the Communist Party, right? Get in line or get out. So, you know. Mm -hmm. When you when you say crack down uh, on the social media platforms, do you mean do you mean the the ruling of um, limiting time for children on social media platforms? Is that what you're referring to? Exactly, exactly. So like they and especially like video games, I think kids can now under the age of eighteen can play like you know three hours to total a week, Friday, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. That's not a terrible thing, right? Get outside, maybe throw throw a ball around, kick a soccer. I know. But, but you know, you know, you know, you know, it, it, it's so interesting when, when this came out and I heard various anchors and commentators on, on television talk about this and and you can hear both sides. Like one is that how can you tell me government how to parent my children? But at the same time, too, I don't have kids, but I certainly wouldn't want them on a video game all day long because it's easier for me, you know, like yeah. get outside in the old days, you know you know, your parents pushed you outside, even if it's raining, if you're screaming or whatever, and locked the door and you found something to do that wasn't just staring at a screen. We didn't have them then, but, you know, so you can see why a government really wants kids yeah. to, to be better than sitting in a chair all day. I mean, I, what you, you may know, like, what, what, how much money did Jeff Bezos make last year? 90 billion? Know. Was, yeah, I think probably ninety billion. I mean, that's 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 sort of insane. That, that's not sort of. It is that is insane. Like the guy can really lose eighty nine billion dollars and not change his behavior at all. I mean, that's what. That's how crazy. And I think they're they're aware of the wealth inequality gap, you know, widening. And and that's why they're cracking down on some of these these the gig economy companies. You know, Didi, Didi came and listed in the U S. And they're like, all right, we're going to shut you down. They didn't, they don't want them to do that to do that. Um, and, and like say the food delivery companies, there's one called a Metian, maybe saying that wrong. Um, you know, the, the, they want to crack down how, how much, you know, they're, they're lower their fees, which again, it's, it's good for the consumer. You know, yeah, does the guy at the top, do the guys with all the stock at the top get squeezed? Do Western investors get crucified? Yes. But, you know, clearly Beijing doesn't care about it. They're, they're like, it's yeah. a goal in mind. How can they help maybe the lower people? And, and maybe I'm, I'm, they're probably not that idealistic, but, you know, giving them way too much right. credit. Yeah, and I don't want to give credit or, or believe that a government should tell anybody what to do, you know, in, in the sense that, like, do you really believe that government knows better than you? No, not but at all. Not at all. Of, very, very I, yeah. I used Uber uh, three weeks ago, I think, and I was going somewhere from, from in, in Toronto, from, say, Summerhill to Yorkville, and Uber was, was $29. Wow. And I did Lyft and it was $11. So, I mean, something, I mean, so they're trying to get rid of just some of the, the price gouging. Um, again, if that came here, no one would really complain. But so anyway, 
China Tech, I think we're I think we're in the later the late late innings of the regulatory cycle, and I think meaning the issues meaning the issues surrounding the yes. stock. Okay. Yes, exactly. And you're, okay. these are still really good companies that have built up fantastic businesses over the years, and 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 again they become a lot more attractive from a valuation point of view, and you're seeing the momentum. And I think mm -hmm. you look at KWeb as a good way to play it. You just want a broad ETF, and you can okay. really, you can use the recent lows as your stop loss. And you know, and if even a little bit tighter if you want, and if you want, you know, and, and be like, you know what, this is I'm gonna ride this out for 50%, and my yep. stock loss will be seven percent. You know, I do that trade any day of the week, take those odds any day of the week. Okay. Um, and speaking of Jeff Bezos, what's the latest with Amazon? It's a stock I've never bought, shockingly, yeah. shockingly in some ways, because I actually covered it when I worked at William Blair. Yeah, we picked it up in 1997. And we compared, it was borders.com, barnesandnoble.com, and amazon.com. And it was only books at that time. Nobody would even probably know that anymore. <laughs> Didn't buy it. Can't believe it. But now, you know, it's kind of just sat here a little bit lately. Yeah, it's been choppy. And I think that goes to what I was saying earlier. Amazon was a big winner of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and obviously those tailwinds have, have faded. And obviously with Bezos now kind of slipping somewhat in the in the background and 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 and, and Jassy's now there, he's been it's funny, there's been times where Amazon stock has worked on some of their investment plans. They're, they're gonna announce a ton of hires, they're gonna continue to ramp up their cloud business. You know, they're clearly what are focused on growth, but it is that's I think the story with Amazon in the near term is still margin headwinds from some of their investments. Um, and then kind of just, you know, I think just yeah, pre coming out of pandemic, just some some slopes decelerating. Uh, trends and just kind of difficult growth comps in the near term. Um, and the stock's been, as you said, been choppy as can be. And yeah, you've been better off putting your money elsewhere, that's for sure. But I wonder if it's not a good opportunity now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I prefer, I think, I, I prefer Alphabet, um, Facebook, and the large cap growth names. Because okay. um, I, think, I think Google's going to become a bigger player in cloud. And you just wonder how that may that may you know how, how Amazon AWS will react to that, and will that impact part of the growth story there, um, in terms of just not profit, but then you know on the margin side of things. So that's kind right. of what I'm thinking there. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and, and just lastly, here you you like the long idea of open door. Yeah. What's so the story it's, there? It's it's a it's a spac. It was formerly a spac, which has been you know that whole space. Anything tied to a spac's been an absolute dumpster fire for the for months now, and and rightfully so. But I think this is one of the better ones that has come come out of the, come out of it. And so essentially, it's just you know disruptive real estate tech company. You know, I buying, and it, it they just kind of they're trying to change and disrupt the entire home buying process. So they obviously they they, they buy homes, they they fix them up they uh, on their own, and then they flip them, and they obviously cost them are a lot lower. So there's clearly, we're still in the early stages of this. So there's obviously a, a massive TAM. Um, estimates are, are still very conservative uh, for, for a growth stock. Um, and, uh, you know, they're still, you know, they're still expecting EBITDA profitability uh, in, in Q3 for the first time. So it's just one of these kind of, you're looking for disruptive names. Look at Carvana, what they've done to the, the, the yeah. auto industry. So people kind of look at this as kind of a Carvana in the real estate market. Hmm. And interestingly enough, Zillow came out with a headline Sunday that they're going to they're going to pause their home buying initiatives. So it's pretty much open door Redfin and Zillow and the whole eye buying kind of theme. And so Zillow's pausing it. They're having a ton of issues, um, you know, securing 
uh, you know, contractors and labor, et cetera, to do all the repairs and get the, these homes ready to flip. But meanwhile, Open Door is double the size and they're having no issues. Why is that though? That doesn't make sense. This comes from, it's, it's just from an execution, you know, management's obviously just a lot more adept at handling. So anyway, I guess we'll find out the next earnings call. Yeah. Uh, they, they could be spinning a web, but essentially it just seems like Zillow they're just not very, uh, you know, competent at the whole process. And this is the second time they've had to they've had to pause their some of their buying initiatives to get kind of get their pipeline and, and backlog of properties in order. So it's a, it's an interesting space. It's like I guess it's sort of like a Carvana and 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 what that company and now the rise of obviously used autos, obviously accelerated by COVID and, and the supply chain shortages, but. Very interesting companies disrupting the industry, and, and Open Door is looking to do that. I think with, with, with the uh, with the real estate market. Okay, um, and Joel, we're going to wrap it up in just one second. So I want to let you get back to the trading day. Um, what? Uh, but Netflix are going to be reporting after the close today. Yeah. Anything? Anything of note? Really? Uh, for the quarter? No, I mean, there's like the stock's had about a twenty five percent rally off its recent lows. So there's a long bias to it, but surprisingly, in my conversations, guys aren't really, aren't, it's not a, a well over-owned name. Um, hmm. And the key is going to be the guidance. So the, the quarter is going to be fine. I think I think most are thinking three and a half, three and a half to four million subs for the quarter will be fine. Guide is going to be, be, be key. That's where the, hurt, the, the bar has been steadily rising over the past couple of weeks. Um, most most want to see at least eight million, eight million guide for the next quarter. Um, okay. Now, so if you see anything below it, the stock's not going to work. Um, so whether or not you're, in, depending on where, how you're positioned in, in the name right now. Um, eight books, million died the next quarter? Eight million additions eight, for, for Q4. Okay. Total, total net ads of eight million for Q4. So that seems to be the line in the sand um, in terms of what, where the buy size expectations are. Um, yeah. But again, I think if you're, you look at what all their all their competitors have been saying over the past six weeks or so. Everyone's seeing these elevated, you know, churns or lowering their, their kind of streaming ads, ad expectations. And Netflix, lo and behold, is the, the one platform that isn't, and they still have pricing power. Um, I think with all these, all these things that they're adding adding on to the service as well. So I like I like I'm longer term. If it if it pulls back, you buy it. Um, it's they're not going away. And I think it look look for them to do bigger things in the gaming front in the years ahead. And that's what kind of could be the big driver to multiple, you know, two or three years out from now. Okay. That sounds awesome. Joel, amazing to see you and speak with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll do more of this. And also on uh, my new network that I've joined the news forum. So sure. digital sure. and linear. Of course. <laughs> okay. Of course. I love it. Gotta right. do it all. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon.